sort of tiptoeing between Gingerbread Man from Shrek and yeah, that's that's kind of what I was and thinking. Toad a little bit. Toad. You have to kind of wreck your voice to do Toad though. Hello. Hello. Goodness. You gotta destroy the microphone. Rip ear. <laughs> Rip headphone users. <laughs> This must be the work of an enemy headphone user. <laughs> there was something we were talking about yesterday. We were like, why didn't we save this for the podcast? What was it? I don't know, something weird. Something weird. Par it's for the, the sort of thing that just we comes up in conversation and you say it in the moment because it's funny and you're having a good time with the bros. Having a good time. Having a good time. I'm a superstar. Yeah. I don't know the words to that song. Make a supersonic man out of you. Stop me. That that sequence in uh in uh, Shaun of the Dead where they're just like beating on the guy with pool cues. And it's all in sync to the music. And like the people on the side were just are just kind of like snapping, <laughs> snapping along. Why is Queen playing on the <laughs> I don't know! Turn it off! <laughs> um, I was watching a Sean Penn interview and, uh, or no, it wasn't Sean Penn, it was Simon Pegg. And, um, he was talking about how they choreographed and worked on that scene for, I think it was like two weeks. Mm-hmm. Um, and the stunt guy who was the zombie getting beaten up had taken a punch from John Wayne. So <laughs> very cool. <laughs> he'd been around the movie, uh, the movie, uh, the movies as it were. Imagine being a stunt man and like, you like have souvenirs from every major celebrity you've been in a movie with. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's like this, <laughs> In the form this, of broken bones. You feel you feel that metal plate there? Yeah, that was Tom Cruise. <laughs> Lacerations? Yeah. Um there was uh <laughs> that would be that'd be our friend Andrew. <laughs> <laughs> if he was a stuntman. Yeah. Insta- I think that would be an inadvisable given his track he'd, record. He'd probably like die. Several times over. Like not even doing dangerous stuff, just like on a crash. On a crash pad or something. Hopping off a car and yeah. get run over. Stepping out of a car just normally. Walking downstairs. Yeah. Quite the uh quite the China man in that he's Me- made it made of China. Right. That's Fragile like glass. Yes. Not. Speaking of which that's fragile. a good movie. I've heard that's Sounds a good tell. movie. But I haven't I think it says fragile honey. <laughs> <laughs> There aren't a whole lot of lines I remember from A Christmas Story, but that's one of them. It's like, I think that says uh, fragile, honey. Oh, oh, yeah. But anyway, yeah. <laughs> whiskey. Everybody sip the whiskey. Whiskey. Got some Canadian club here this week. Indeed. Uh-huh. You got the microphone close enough to your mouth, mate. It's not going any closer, mate. See what happens when I do this. Oh uh, yeah, it's it just doesn't, It just stays down there. Oh uh, yeah, the uh, I've got to like lean all the way back and like shove it right up in my face, mate. And there's there's only so far it's gonna go. 
That's right, because the uh, the bolt is the stripped bow, out. Stripped out, mate. It is very limp. Yes, you're right. So. You're quite right. I'm fed up with being treated like a sheep, carted round in buses, surrounded by sweaty, mindless elves from Ketron and Bolventry with their cloth caps and their cardigans and their transistor Stop. radios and their Stop Sunday it. mirrors. Please. about the tea. Oh, they don't make it properly here, do Shut they? Up. Not like at home. Stopping at Majorcan Bodegas, selling fish and chips in Watney's Red Barrel and calamaris and two veg. <laughs> Sitting in the cotton sun frock, squirting Timothy White sun cream all over their <laughs> puffy, raw, swollen, purulent flesh because they overdid it on the first day. <laughs> what was the name of that sketch? Uh, The Travel Agent. Oh, okay, yeah. Uh-huh. <laughs> I love it how, like, towards the end, eventually, like, the other guy is talking to Will him. you shut up? <laughs> Just going insane. I feel like there's several of their skits that... I'm calling the police. Where, like, like somebody is just being outrageous and the other one just, like, absolutely loses it because they've had enough. I feel like that's... I can recall, like, a that's good the, two, yeah, three a, sketches. That sounds like Monty Python. calm in Monty Python thing. There's the travel agent, and then there's uh, the bookshop. And... What's another one? I think there was uh, the cheese shop. The cheese shop is similar, yeah. Um, Basically, you go to any place of business. The parrot one, I think. Yep. This is an ex-parrot. If you hadn't nailed him to the perch, he'd be pushing up the daisies. <laughs> <laughs> it has expired and gone to meet its maker. It's Good shuffled stuff. off this mortal coil. Good stuff. I have not seen nearly enough Monty Python. I should get really get on that. It's not hard to find. No, it isn't. I just got to think about it at a time I'm free to just watch several skits. Mm-hmm. Mm. Time is not hard to come by these days. No, not really. Particularly being out of class and having uh, two part-time jobs and no internship because of things. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, but we still have time. For, well, yeah, I mean, not matter of time, but we're keeping our, we're keeping this up because we'd go insane if we if we didn't have something to do. Well, some of us have plenty of things. Yeah, right. Yeah, rallies. Yeah. <laughs> uh, some of us still work full time. Yeah, yeah. He's just slaving away over here. Meanwhile, you slaving away in my room. Hooligans are lollygagging about the place. Honestly, the hardest thing about working from home is walking by James playing Minecraft in the middle of the day. <laughs> <laughs> just be like, God, I wish I was playing. Minecraft. I just want to play. I just want to play Minecraft. Go away, Mom! I'm playing Minecraft. Get out of my room! I'm playing Minecraft. <laughs> There is a situation that arose that forced me to log out of the game before I lost a considerable amount of valuable goods. And now, and that was uh, two days ago. So that is, I've stayed off of our Minecraft server, just waiting for somebody (laughs) else to have time to like come by and and rescue my character, but it's going to take forever. So that's forced me to pursue other things like Looking for jobs. <laughs> <laughs> Not that I wasn't before. Wow. But I was like, okay, fine. I'll get back on the horse with that. <laughs> it's quite aggravating. It's hard to get on a horse if nobody gets back to you. Yeah. It's fine. Now a horse. people are actually getting back to you. So. Yeah, all at once, too. <laughs> like three or four different things. I was like, oh, okay. 
Oh, okay. Now you care. But. No, SpongeBob. <laughs> no. Oh, okay. Hello. I'm normal. Wonderful weather we're having. Ow. I didn't, I don't know. I feel like even though watching SpongeBob growing up, we weren't, it was something my mom like disliked having on because she found it annoying. And I can kind of see that. But like we still watched it here and there enough where I feel like I'd watched like a majority of like the classic older episodes. Hmm. So there's a lot of different things like that. And then I think my older sister had some on DVD or she would watch it or something like that. But yeah. Spinge Bill. Now it's like all the rage, like all these, all the nostalgia well, people. Be- because everyone that grew up with it is old. Re- and remember the early 2000s? Yeah. The early the 2000s days. is retro. Watching well, Nickelodeon. They're, they're just aren't good cartoons anymore. Hardly, no. Yeah. They're, they're few starting between. to get to the, the age where the kids that watched Gumball and crap growing up are starting to make memes about it. And I'm like, Oh. I don't recognize any of this. What is this devil? I've, from what I've seen, Gumball is a decent cartoon. There's some I, wackiness that goes that ensues, but I, I, I've never watched an entire episode. But I just like, I remember when Chowder first came on Cartoon Network, and everyone I knew loved it, and I couldn't stand it. Like mm. I just hated it. Every cartoon around that era, I just couldn't do. Like, what else was there? Flapjack. I couldn't stand that show either. Yeah. Uh, um, like, basically after the um, Foster's Home for Imaginary Friends mm-hmm. went off the air, I just, there was nothing else. There, was, there wasn't a whole lot of Nickelodeon. Well, this is Cartoon That was worth Network. watching. Oh, Cartoon Network. Yeah, that. I, me- I, I didn't really particularly care for, like, Dexter's Laboratory or any of those oh, I love Dexter's, Dexter's Lab is fun. Dexter's Lab is a great show. The first season, especially. After that, it gets kind of suck. It's life sucked out of it by the corporate mm-hmm. cartoon producing mm-hmm. machine, as every cartoon inevitably does. Wasn't the creator of Dexter's Laboratory also behind like Powerpuff Girls? Yeah, that, and then like the Transylvania movies. Oh yeah, I, I think. think that might have been him. The Hotel Transylvania guy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Those Transylvania movies. The first one was fun. I saw the second one. It was really dumb. Didn't see the third one. Don't care to. Yeah. It's Adam Sandler, right? Yeah. Yeah, okay. That, that makes sense. I think most of the humor is very visual. I like I like how they animate Dracula. Mm-hmm. Whenever he's walking around, he's always like perfectly perpendicular to whatever surface he's walking on. Mm-hmm. So he's like walking on the roof and it's like <laughs> just kind of... He's just sticking up out of the side of the roof, and it's kind of funny. But his, his torso is like, his, but then he's his, like at a forty-five degree angle walking along, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and like his legs kind of move around more, right? Yeah, he's they're just animated really, really goofily, and it's really just kind of fun to watch. Huh? Movie overall is mediocre, but it's got some fun animation in it. <laughs> sure. Fun animation. Funimation. There is some. It's a little bit different. Fun animations, you could say. Not already. Game. We are not doing no. this so soon. What, what do you mean, so soon? It's we, been 10 minutes. No, it hasn't. Yes, it has. We I'm has, looking at the timer. Been, we haven't been recording for 10 minutes. Yes, we have. I've been look, I'm looking at the timer. Actually, it's been 11 minutes, 11 and a half minutes. It's well, perfectly no. reasonable. How much you no uh, edit. But I'll edit out at most like maybe a minute or two of like the initial sound check. But 
Yeah, no, this is it's been almost really? twelve minutes. It does yeah. not feel like it's been that long. Well, that's just because when well, we get shooting the breeze. Time flies when you're shooting the breeze and having fun. Yeah. The the breeze is perfectly full of bullet holes at this point. <laughs> <laughs> I'm gonna riddle that breeze so full of bullet holes. You'll be able to see right through it on through Tuesday. <laughs> or that didn't whatever. But uh, <laughs> couldn't you already? We're the Palladian Papists. I'm James. I'm Nathan. And I'm Riley. Today's topic is The Witcher 3, The Wild Hunt. Yes. Yes, it is. Video game. Um, yes, so Riley. A video game that two out of the three of us have played. Yes. Mm-hmm. By CD so. Projekt Red, which is a Polish A Polish studio, studio yes. Mm-hmm. The uh, author of the books that The Witcher games are based on is Polish. Oh, that's so neat. He kind of... CD Projekt pre-existed him obviously but like it was cool that a what other a what other games studio. have they made besides they, the witcher series nothing super notable the the thing that they're doing now is cyberpunk 2077 oh yeah, that, yeah that's kind of a lot of hype around it with the keanu reeves mm-hmm. and apparently customizable genitals but uh right because yeah. that's okay because that's, that's the thing that is totally needed Alrighty then yeah uh-huh but anyway so, The Witcher, as a domain, as an intellectual property, is kind of based off of Slavic, Northeast European folklore in a very vague and general sense. Sure. So, it's like, um, there's a lot of, it features heavily the, the, the mythical creatures from that sort of ethnic yeah. area. Of mm-hmm. And some, some of them might be kind of recognizable to us, like... Yeah fairy tale type creatures but they're monsters essentially the premise of the whole world is that there's um at one point there was like a conjunction of the spheres or whatever which are these different worlds and then monsters spilled into the world the, the world like the main story world which is called the continent the continent the yeah continent. Um, so original and the witchers were these guilds of warriors essentially that are mutated and can withstand can do basic magic they they aren't like natural mutants they go they undergo these like trials that prepare them for the Mm -hmm. the it's like a forced mutation like three out of ten boys who do it survive Better rate than Eagle Scouts. (laughs) (laughs) Eagle (laughs) Boy Scouts are like witchers. Only three out of 100 boys survive the Eagle Scout ritual. (laughs) 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 But uh, but yeah, the monsters, um, they terrorize local villages and so forth. So they put out contracts for witchers to come through and give it to the monsters with their silver swords. Professional monster slayers. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And it's like... The Witchers have a very specific code of ethics that they mm-hmm. they follow. Like, it's not religious or anything. It's no. like there's no. Um, it's a it's a central, professional code. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. So like they don't use they use only swords. Mm-hmm. They, they are not supposed to use ranged weapons. They give you the option to do so in The Witcher Three, which it's is, not particularly useful. It. There are it situations kind of the crossbow is useful, but. I, as a purist, choose not to use them. Yeah. Um, anyway, the they must do things for money. Like, they can't take no pay for doing a job. They can't just, like, 
kill a monster as a favor for someone. They have to mm-hmm. accept some form of payment. Because it would, you know, devalue the industry as it were for their fellow Yeah. For fellow witchers. So it kind of have fair competition mm-hmm. amongst them as it were. Mm-hmm. You can accept payment in the form of the law of surprise. Mm-hmm. Which is essentially where you say the first thing you see when you get home is what you will give me as payment. Which isn't there a Bible story that's essentially a, like this one leader like tells God he'll sacrifice the first thing he sees when he comes home after he wins a battle. And he does that. His daughter comes out. Yeah, that, that, sounds, that sounds familiar. I think it might be in Judges or something. Yeah, like somewhere that. around there. Like Judges, primordial Wild West Israel. <laughs> Before uh, before the time of the kings, some crazy crap went down during the Old Testament. But yeah, anyway. So this law of surprise is how the um, main character of the Witcher, Geralt of Rivia, comes upon his adoptive daughter, Ciri. Mm-hmm. Cirilla is her full name. Yeah. Um, with, spelt with a C, not yes, like, not, not like the phone. Yes, not <laughs> not like the Apple, Apple assistant. Robot. So she she was a character in the TV show on Netflix. She's in the yes, games that is too. correct. Siri is in many ways a more influential character than Geralt, but she's not as focused on. She's sure she's a child of the elder blood. So like, um, she screams. She scream and things explode. And it's kind of nuts. She's very inordinately powerful. But has difficulty controlling it. Yes, as one might with such an absurd amount of power. But one thing she does sort of have control over is teleporting here and there. Well, by this point in time. She yeah, in, gotten, at the time of The Witcher 3. Of the, yeah. the main He's, character being Geralt, I don't know if we... Yes, Geralt is that. certainly the main character of every Witcher thing that has existed. Mm-hmm. Um, so a little bit of background to the the start of The Witcher 3... Um, they mostly revolve around the countries in the the northern kingdoms mm-hmm. of Tamiria and um, Redania. Redania, and uh, so at the end of The Witcher Two, Tamiria has just been taken over, pretty much by Nilfgaard. By Nilfgaard, who are these kind of quasi-Nazi world domination-seeking vaguely european people uh-huh. <clears throat> so they're they're out to conquer everything everywhere mm-hmm. and the emperor is of nilfgaard is someone who also has a claim to siri isn't he like in the games he's her father he is not uh, he like he's her adopted father but because Ciri is very powerful and desired by every ruler in existence, uh-huh. he basically goes and kidnaps her at one point. Oh, so okay. that's that's kind of his claim okay. there. Because she's an asset, not because he actually cares about her. She's uh. mine. I rightfully stole her. Yes. I think um, in in the games, her father is still, what's his face, the porcupine knight. Oh. Yeah. Uh, Sonic? Yes. <laughs> Sonic and the Black Knight? Basically Except Sonic. Except Nintendo Wii. Shadow Sonic. I thought when I was... I, I recently played through it, and I thought... Um, she He refers to himself as her father. 
Okay. So that's kind of his way of trying to establish his right to her. But I don't think that the games recognize him as well, her biological father. Well, because it's it said like in the little character thing that I was m- messing around and looking through that he, in the shipwreck where Ciri's parents died, he faked his death, took over Nilfgaard, and then claimed her as his daughter. I'd have to... Anyway, it's not really an important point, so I guess we can move on. So the game starts with that in mind and Geralt is searching for his lost friend slash lover Yennefer of Vengerberg who's a sorceress who is a sorceress very powerful one at that yes and they are um, inextricably bound by destiny because Geralt made a bad wish to a genie that they would never be separated Mm -hmm. so they're sort of just stuck together regardless of whether they want to be or not Mm -hmm. yep and they they are more or less fond of each other, so that works out okay. Mm-hmm. And so they're they're looking for her, and they do some Witcher things. And Him and fight his a griffin uh, mentor Vesemir, yes, who's an older Witcher. He's a very old and wise Witcher. He's Vesemir, his big dad energy. Oh yeah, he's an, he's a nice guy. Mm-hmm. You you like Vesemir, but he. Well, they Hold fight a griffin together as part of uh, saving the town that Yennefer happens to be near. Yep. And then they meet up with her, and she's like, you got to go to Nilfgaard. It's like, okay. Um, I'd rather not, because they were probably going to kill me, but I suppose I don't really have a choice about it. So they go to Nilfgaard, and they talk to the emperor, and he's like, give me Siri. And I'm like, she's missing. We don't know where she is. Except we're not Christian Bale, bad man. No. He I, talks I, more like this. I can't. I can't do the the Geralt voice. It's too gravelly and yeah. low. And my voice. Siri. Yeah. Siri. He's got yeah low gravelly I, tough guy voice. It's a little bit more like not quite as in the throat as Christian Bale's Batman. He's got a little more voice. A little more like it. a raspy Batman. <laughs> he's not really whispering. It's just more like he's talking at the very bottom of his throat. He's like whispering very loudly. How do you like that silver? How long are you gonna make me wait? It's uh it's um one of the thing about monsters in the game is that silver is uh apparently their kryptonite, as it were. Well, um silver is deadly to them. It's yeah. not like you touch it and they die. Right. But, but they make weapons and such such out of silver for fighting monsters. Anyway. Jeez. Um so yeah, the Emperor is like, Go find Siri and bring her to me. So he's Geralt, like, well, I was planning on finding her anyway, but I'm sure as heck not bringing her to you. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So they set off on their quest to find Siri. They find people who have seen her. There's like multiple leads they have to track down and mm-hmm. kind of piece together where she's been. Because she's on the run from these crazy people. Crazy elves called the Wild Hunt. They the, wear these big black suits of armor and are mm-hmm. very scary looking and difficult to fight. Except if you're James and play on easy mode. Well. <laughs> oh, he played that one on easy mode. Even too. on easy mode, the game took literally 50 hours for me to beat it. It took me 50 hours to beat too, but I played it on Blood and Broken Bones. Yeah. You still, I mean, with this is aside, but with the level up stuff, you still have to sort of scr- struggle through it. Because if you have fight somebody who's higher level than you, it's it's gonna be more difficult. So I ran into that a lot, but Yeah. So anyway. they go they go talk to various people who've seen Siri 
they they have some interactions with some characters and the bloody baron is kind of it's one of the side quests yeah. that's part of the main story it's yeah it's kind of weird it's sort of a side quest but it's sort of not uh-huh and it's like mm. um i think it's it's like the first major arc you come across as you play through the game mm-hmm. so i think it's one of the cooler quests in terms of like its narrative and the the consequences that they yeah establish so at the end of it you're forced to choose between like saving the baron's wife or these kids from these crazy bloodthirsty witch ladies mm-hmm. hmm. and you can't choose both yeah that's it's one of the the coolest things about the game is the the decision making that they were forced you to do but more about there's several that. key points more yeah. about that later yeah um from there they gosh what does happen next after they've followed up on all the leads and, and he goes to um What's the name of the big city? Novigrad. Novigrad and meets up with Triss Marigold, who's another another sorceress. sorceress. And um, typical Witcher stuff. There's some bandits and some fanatics that they have to deal with in Novigrad. And there's there's sort of this cult that's very anti like non-humans and sorceresses and stuff yes the church of the eternal fires yeah they're They're the typical video game religion bad fanatics yeah so they have to deal with them and the witch hunters and all that um i guess there's a side quest where you can help tris get all these sorcerers and people in hiding help them escape the city that sort of thing before they're tracked down but uh there's some several major side quests you can do yeah. in that part. There's a very but large you go there and then you you kind of you have to help people to f- kind of get information about where Ciri's been. Mm-hmm. So you go there and then there's this sort of Viking island of Skellige. Yes, that's probably the, my the, favorite. The area. Scottish Vikings from yeah, Skellige. Probably my favorite. Hmm. One of my favorite uh, parts of the game was the, the Skellige bits. But you sort of are following her trail and like talk to people who met up with her and then finally you go to this well you find this weird creature that they have to do all sorts uh, of magical surgery magical surgery on because they're I, like i think this is a, a person stuck in the form of this weird creature thing and so they do the ceremony and manage to free the guy from the curse or whatever they find out it's this elf dude his name is avalach avalach a v a l l a c apostrophe h yeah <laughs> apostrophe h because okay. <laughs> that was very, <laughs> very, nece- very yeah. necessary to, to have an apostrophe look it's linguistic <laughs> yeah <laughs> anyway and so avalok is like yes the wild hunt is after siri it's like yes Yoda. we know but he was sort of mentoring her and helping her control her elder blood child powers yeah and kind of keep her hidden from the wild hunt but um and so they find out she's being she's hidden on this island that nobody knows about so he sends Geralt there who finds her and brings her back and the wild hunt can track her down because they can sense her powers i can smell you (laughs) um and so they have to there's this big fight where Geralt goes around the countryside finding all of his friends hey friends come fight hey friends come fight. fight the funny thing is about that though is that like 
you get all these people and then for some reason the game only shows like a, like some of them fighting with you and through most of it it's kind of weird but it's just a game design thing but um but yeah so they fight off the wild hunt and then they realize okay we're gonna have to take the fight to them or else siri's gonna be running for the rest of her life from these folks and because of her folks bitch, from what these <laughs> oh yeah I, oh yeah you know just the we gotta run from these there. weird elvish creatures i tell you what you know they're just gonna keep tracking that siri girl down until she's you know either submits to their bidding or you know kills the kills the uh the hosers oh yeah you know those oh, yeah. hooligans are up to so they're up to no good i tell you what oh sorry i can't control my elder blood powers <laughs> <laughs> but uh yeah so they have to take the fight to uh, the wild hunt so yeah, they, they proceed to beat up the wild hunt. That is what happens. They beat up the what? The wild hunt. Oh yeah, they beat there's up. this big final showdown. That and, uh, was honestly the most underwhelming boss yeah, fight ever. Yeah, you just uh, kind of you just kind of dodge and whack, dodge and whack, dodge and whack. I mean, you have just described the game. Yeah, except dodge it's and whack. usually you get More punished severely. Two hours of dialogue, dodge and whack, dodge and whack, dodge and whack, ride roach. Dodge and whack. Roach. Who is Roach. who is a horse? Yeah, Roach. Roach every, is Geralt's trusty steed. Every no matter which horse it is, he always names it Roach so he doesn't get attached. Yet he'll talk to his horse and kind of treats it like a friend because he spends a lot of time with it. It's kind of fun. But yeah, that's essentially the story of The Witcher Three. There's a whole lot of other stuff. There's DLC. It's it's quite quite the hefty game. Mm. But those are the <laughs> Oops, those are the main. That's like the main story, mm-hmm. which takes a long time to get and through. It is uh, to- paced a little bit better than we've just explained yeah. it here, but right, it's sort of the nature of it. Um, let's talk about some of the stuff that's cool about it. Okay. Personally, the the aspect that I mentioned earlier uh, that I find the most interesting about The Witcher Three is the. The decision-making process that it puts you through. Yeah. Mm. So there's there's a lot of, well, not necessarily like no-win decisions, but like difficult moral quandaries that you yeah. have to, that you're faced with. At this point, I think in Geralt's character development in the game, he's kind of realized, and this was sort of touched on in the TV show, which was all right, but, and well, off topic, but um he's before he is he was trying to you know witchers are supposed to be neutral right so he's like i just won't choose but turned out the choice was often made for him so when he was faced with the difficult moral situations and so the game kind of reminds you of that it's like okay well you have to make a choice here you know save this person let this person die or you know so you can't just not choose because to be a total neutral yeah is to be like totally disengaged from the outcome yeah mm-hmm. you do have a responsibility to make a choice and then live with the consequences which there are a, n- a number of occasions where the game you make a choice and like it will change the state of the game for like the remainder mm-hmm. of it it's mm-hmm. like a character will either be there or not be there anymore mm-hmm. and that yeah. will have repercussions if, if you choose the mean dialogue option it actually affects what goes on yeah. in the game. There's one character in particular that you can choose uh like you ha- like whether she lives or dies depends on what you you choose in dialogue. Oh, I'm thinking of Kira. Yeah. Yeah. 
it's very it's tricky to figure out too because she's kind of this you know sorceress who's kind of up to no good and Geralt doesn't trust her and he's trying to he's trying to like help her out with something while Mm -hmm. also keeping on his toes about what she's really planning Mm because she's been kind of using him to for her to get things she wants to achieve her own ends and uh and so (laughs) you um yeah essentially i think the outcomes are you either get her to come with you back to Caramoran to fight off the wild hunt or she runs off to the city full of the crazy anti-witch people and dies or she gets very angry at you and and you have to kill her you have to kill her mm-hmm. um i forget what happened when i was playing it but i had to play through it twice so i was like okay so i won't do that yeah there's a lot of reloading yeah it's like, I no, like, I didn't want to kill her. <laughs> I was just mad that she tricked me. Yeah, she was kind of like messing with some forbidden magic that shouldn't be messed with. Yeah. It was kind of the, the gist it was, of that. It was, uh, it was about a plague, which, yeah. There was, there was like this, uh, she had stumbled across like this laboratory of this guy who was like a... Um, epidemiologist magician or something i promise this isn't topical no (laughs) and he was like yeah you better leave that stuff alone you don't know what sort of crazy stuff that guy was up to but at any rate yeah and there's like there were definite points where i was like i'm sitting there looking at some dialogue options and i'm like i guarantee something in here is gonna change something significant so Mm -hmm. It makes you sit down and think like, okay, what are the repercussions of making this person angry? What are the repercussions of capitulating to this person? Yeah. Mm -hmm. So it it like makes you put some thought into what you do. Yeah. Not just pick the dialogue option that that fits your role play. Yeah. Right. You just keep going and going and going. You know, like, okay, dialogue, da, 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 da. Like the dialogue is probably the dialogue is kind of the game yeah it's a very story driven experience there's a lot of like there are some travel sequences where you're like you ride from this town to the next town yeah and that that ride is filled with a conversation Mm -hmm. like the initial um when you're riding to i forget white orchard i believe is the name of the village i think you're right yeah with vesemir and you're like just having a chat about Witcher stuff. Mm-hmm. And it, it serves mm-hmm. to make something that would be a really dull travel sequence into something that's a interesting world building. Horse riding tutorial yeah, at the beginning of the game. <laughs> <laughs> Roach is a little janky here and there. but I, well, I like it when games bury tutorials and like the actual game. With <laughs> exposition. <laughs> mm-hmm. There, I mean, it kind of depends... How much you like the game kind of depends on your taste because like the majority of the time you spend in the game is in these dialogue sequences, I feel like. And uh, the rest of the game is basically go to this place, uh, dodge and whack. See, that's the thing that's like a chief component of every RPG in existence. Yeah. Go to this place, dodge and whack. But The Witcher takes that and makes it into a story-driven experience. Even, like, the side quests and little Witcher contracts you can do have, like, these little miniature stories. Yeah. It's like you're helping out some random villager 
here who and has sometimes. a problem with ghosts and it, it serves as like a world building thing yeah because there's this obscure monster that you probably don't know about yeah and you the the game has this thing called the witcher senses uh-huh. where you can kind of because yeah, the other witchers have these powers where they have heightened senses of smell hearing and and all that jazz yeah so, so you like activate your witcher senses to find clues about what's going on track a monster's scent and that sort of thing and if you're familiar enough with the witcher universe you start to pick up early on like oh that's probably what this monster is based on these clues yep but if you don't it's something that serves to educate you about those because Geralt kind of talks to himself about He's the like, clues as he goes through <laughs> Bloody blood tracks, bloody blood herbs, bloody blah blah blah. It hmm, smells like this strong scented thing. And then let's follow this red trail through the sky. These tracks are too big to be what I think it is. <laughs> um, and then he eventually pieces together what the monster is based on. And then, clues. oh, look at that. There's the monster. Now we have to kill it. Now to kill it. Silver sword, dodge, roll, whack. Yep. Yep. Dodge, roll, whack. And, uh,. Yeah, that's a, and then there's leveling up and getting better weapons and standard, armor and standard so RPG forth. stuff. Yeah. yeah, level up, get good items, alchemy, making potions, that sort of thing. Which you're, you're just constantly grabbing ingredients and throwing things away because you weigh too much. And yeah, yeah. so there's nothing like really revolutionary about the systems. It's all just the world building good. is really good and probably one of the top selling points of the yeah. Game. The world building is probably superlative among games what's fun days. is that you know the the peasants and villagers have like you know the sort of backcountry english accent but then like the accents are slightly different based on like what what region you're in or like where they are in society the peasants have sort of this uh north england sort of thing yeah no it, it weren't like that at all type that was horrible (laughs) it's been a little while since i've played it not that long but i'm having a hard time summoning it for some reason but then you'll like talk to people skellige the vikings are all scottish and the people in in the big city of novigrad are kind of like more of this kind of high society english sort of accent um and then the people from nilfgaard are like sort of almost they're almost like germanic sort of accents almost dutch yeah. sounding i mean it's a made it's, it's like a completely made up language but it's kind of a cool like background like world building thing that they do like the people have different accents based on the region it's kind of a yeah. kind of a cool touch i don't know if you've too. got to blood and wine yet but no yeah no the toussaint people are french ah uh, okay is the name toussaint what it would imply right. yeah I kind of figured that, and they're into wine and fine they're goods. They're all and into wine. Like <laughs> That's why the the whole expansion is it's called, called Blood, Blood and, and Wine. wine. Yeah, because mm-hmm. those are the two chief components of the story. Mm-hmm. I guess one of the other big um, decision making aspects of the game is you can choose whether to romance Jennifer or Triss, or literally any woman that walks. Yeah. Well, that's because. But like, who you end up Geralt thing. Yeah, but I mean, who you end up with as like you settle down with at the end of the game is determined by how you interact with them. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So I guess that's that's another aspect of it. (laughs) I I I don't know. I didn't particularly like Yennefer, so I just chose like all of like the sassiest 
like mean things to say because it's kind of funny and they still have like that banter and stuff like that but um so yeah that's that's a pretty good rundown of the game obviously there's some there's some bad there's some bad in the game about the bad uh-huh. yeah there's some prawn yeah there's the same kind of bad that was in the TV show. The same kind of bad that was in the TV show. And the books, okay. for that matter, from what I understand. Yep. It's just part of the, the Witcher mythos. Yeah, and he's well, kind of a womanizer. Yep, he is. Um, so, um, not for kids. No. Don't let your kids play this. And uh, even if you're not a child and more sensitive to that sort of thing, I wouldn't recommend it. It's, yeah. It's not like in your face everywhere all the time. Like it's it's sort of avoidable. Yeah. But at the same time, well, and then you can skip through stuff. Yeah. Like if you hit space bar on PC, I guess is where we were playing. But it's skippable. But it's just kind of like, really, do I have to? <laughs> but yeah, it's it's a thing. And then obviously it's very graphic, violent. It's uh, but I guess if chopping it's, people it's in mostly, half doesn't bug you, well, yeah. There's lots of, there's more people killing than you would think. Yeah. Sure. For, for, uh, for someone who's a professional monster slayer. Yeah. Sometimes it just gets you in heads roll, as it were, as they say in the game. Mm-hmm. Um, there's, uh, especially like when you're in the city, like you'll walk around a corner and there's just bandits like, all right, I guess I'm fighting these guys now. But I want, uh, there's fun little Easter eggs here and there I ran across, like one of the, one of the like a bandit voice line is like your mother was a hamster and your father smells of elderberries is like taunting <laughs> you it's a nice little monty python re- uh, reference and i think i ran across like the carnivorous bunny or something like that mm-hmm. somewhere in the countryside and i fought it and i was like huh i think there was a couple other things i recognized from other places but i can't think of them off the top of my head but overall pretty rich pretty rich uh, game world to explore mm-hmm. and it, it really rewards you for exploring too because mm-hmm. there's some powerful sets of gear that you can get and treasure hunts yeah, and treasure hunts to go find all of the recipes to make it so mm-hmm. and there were times i accidentally like came across a monster it attacked me i killed it and a- accidentally fulfilled a contract <laughs> so i checked in checked mm-hmm. into the city i was like oh i already killed this thing nice <laughs> but Mm-hmm. There's uh, and then sometimes too, if you like destroy a monster nest or eradicate some threat, then it will like liberate it and allow the villagers to like come back and re-inhabit the place. So that's so you kind of affect the game world that way too. Neat. Or uh, there was like another side quest where all these people in the village found this treasure trove and this it was cursed, so they were all turned into pigs. Mm-hmm. And you have to like round up all these pigs and take them back to the place. <laughs> you you or, like talk to the pigs and it's like one so, oink for yes, two oinks for no. <laughs> <laughs> like, wait, you can understand me. And they come back with all their clothes for some reason, but it was, it was kind of funny. And then they, the one guy who survived, they want to like, they want to like beat him up at the end of it. Cause he, he, for some reason, I forget what it was, but they want to beat him up for like, skipping out and not getting cursed and he's like i just didn't feel like going (laughs) (laughs) it's like i don't need money i don't care he's kind of this weird loopy character it's just kind of i found him kind of funny but yeah um 
I guess what are some truths in the game? It places a high importance on family. Yeah. It's certainly a thing between mm-hmm. Geralt and Siri for sure is the the primary dynamic because mm-hmm. he cares about her a lot despite being a kind of rough and tumble tough love kind of parent. No, I'm going to take him now. Siri, no. She's she's very gun. She's impetuous. Yeah. You know. Mm-hmm. Um, and also between uh, Geralt and and his uh, Witcher colleagues, they were kind of raised together, so they're like brothers. There's mm-hmm. this one sequence where you're just drinking and telling stories and getting like super drunk. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's kind of that was kind of a fun sequence, but and then Vesemir, the older Witcher, is this uh, father figure to basically everybody. Not like, just the Witchers, but yeah. pretty much anyone who. His friends with the witchers. We call him Uncle Vesemir. That's what they call him. Mm-hmm. Um, and since this is a spoilerful podcast, partway through the game, um, when they fight the Wild Hunt, Vesemir sacrifices himself to save Siri. Oh, S- sorry, Nathan. That's okay. Um, It'll probably be a while before I get around to playing it. Yeah. Um. And. Uh, Geralt is also kind of this leader too in this the families that he's mm-hmm. a part of, as it were. I guess you could say that. He's kind of Well, I mean you play as him, so obviously you make a lot of things uh, happen, but it's it's not like he's a super um what's the word? He's not fatherly, but he's Right, right. But he, he's still a, a responsible sort of yeah for the most part when he it's not like he like goes out and and seeks responsibility but he finds it placed on his shoulders a lot and he handles it pretty well he handles it well i mean depending on how you play it but he's um and often he'll go above and beyond to like save creatures and he's kind of he's not just a monster hunter sometimes he's like he um you know, he, he likes to talk trolls out of doing, out of like attacking people because he doesn't want to kill them. And that, that sort of carries through a lot. Like, you know, this, this, this monster is kind of harmless. Let's just leave him be. Or, um, this person is cursed to be this monster. I'll try to free, set them free to get rid of the problem instead of just mm-hmm. killing them and that mm-hmm. sort of thing. So he sort of, uh, tries to be just in that regard. So I guess that kind of that's more of the goodness aspect of it. Yeah, I would say in in general he like places a a fair emphasis on life to yeah. like the right to mm-hmm. it. Yeah. For example, the the bloody baron sequence there was like this um basically his wife was carrying a baby and mm-hmm. the baby like they miscarried or something like that. Yeah. And they didn't properly bury it and so like they they didn't regard it as a as a child Mm -hmm. which of course it was Mm -hmm. and they they the fact that it's coming they didn't give her a name yeah they didn't give her a name they didn't acknowledge the child and so that's why the the child is coming back to like terrorize the village as yeah as sort of this monster creature and uh you have the option to either kill it or try to turn it into a lubberkin. 
which is the sort of spirit creature spirit baby yeah mm. but and also sort of let let her go to rest mm-hmm. you know and so he helps the father sort of make amends with like the mistakes that they made not giving her name in a proper burial sort of repent of that it's pretty pretty emotional sequence Overall, over overall, yeah, the Bloody Baron arc is pretty heavy hitting. Mm-hmm. It's probably one of the best written parts of the game. Um, beauty, it's very well, very well made game. It's one of the one of the highest budget games ever. It's not yeah. like top ten or anything, but it's up there. Yeah, and it's 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 aged pretty decently, I'd say. It was very. Um, it was made to look like Eastern Europe, mm-hmm. kind of. It's uh, kind of bleak, and it's not. It's not universally bleak either. There's a lot of spots that are kind of. They're very picturesque, sort of. Um, farmland that's you know it's green and mm-hmm. there's crops and there's water and you know it's yeah. it's a, it's not a universally, dark and dreary place no mm-hmm. certain regions are but yeah. not universally and Skellige is really beautiful as well yeah mountains and mountains and snow and fjords and yeah. <laughs> islands and oceans and all that lovely stuff so but yeah um I guess those are like the monsters look very good yeah they're very it's detailed believably and done for monsters at least they have a, they're scary boys mm-hmm. <laughs> doing a heckin' spoop. But it's sort of an interesting twist on like some of the like the uh, mythical like monsters and creatures from different like e- European folklore and things we might be familiar with, or like at least as references. But uh, but yeah, um, music is pretty good if a bit repetitive. Yeah, that's another thing that's very eastern european yeah it's kind of loot heavy uh-huh. there's lots mm-hmm. of kind of it's, it's not, got a very medieval feel to it yeah, it's not like full orchestra for most of it it's very simple string instrument mm-hmm. singing it's, yeah um what else <laughs> there's a few things that annoyed me a little bit when i played it like the wind sound effects in the trees I think were overdone and there's sort of this ASMR tree cracking that goes on when you're wearing headphones I just found super annoying I just wanted to rip my headphones off like ah stop it ah I never it's like I guarantee that. you trees don't make that noise when in the wind I grew up in the woods I should know <laughs> what trees sound like but I mean it was sort of a minor detail otherwise it and sometimes the terrain navigation can be a bit janky like you can't climb hills that are above a certain steepness even though you probably could in real life and then you slide all over the place and tumble and it's kind of a mess but um and roach is roach <laughs> you can roach. no matter where you are what you do you can teleport him to you roach. you just whistle and he appears like 50, 50 meters away yeah and then runs up to you it's like what is it? okay fine but sometimes depending on where you call him he'll just end up in this really weird spot <laughs> and you have to try to get to him and it doesn't quite work and he'll like glitch out a little bit but yeah um unity 
what can we say about the unity it's a very coherent cohesive experience i'd say overall mm -hmm. it it takes its source material and sticks to it mm -hmm. it doesn't try to be something more than that very slavic mm -hmm. sort of atmosphere i kind of prefer it to the tv show yeah the tv show was the the, the atmosphere was not very well done in yeah. my opinion the yeah. the um the story was well told and fairly yeah. faithful for the most and part. the art and character design and all that was pretty good and the acting was good for the most part kind of uh tried to be game of thrones and the witcher though but yeah that's kind of well the witcher already had sort of that thing going on except no it game of thrones has a lot more like of that bleakness and it was trying to the, yeah. the tv show was trying to copy that yeah sure. which i don't think it necessarily needed but it was okay yeah yeah um i guess that's all i yeah, have to say about that's, that that's all i got i would highly recommend that you play it yeah all right i'll bear that in mind <laughs> <laughs> um Thank you for listening. <laughs> yeah. I guess do we have any words of wisdom before we part ways? I have no platitudes today. No. No. I don't either. One of the <laughs> one of the characters, side characters in Skellia is this man named Skjall. And sometimes that word some days that word will just be stuck in my head. Skjall! <laughs> Get over here, Skjall! <laughs> what you doing, Skjall? It's just like, man, why something about that? name is just like stuck in my brain like a piece of grass and molasses or something it's that i made that up but <laughs> <laughs> but yeah um like share follow us on twitter and facebook listen to us on apple podcasts leave a review <clears throat> or wherever you prefer to listen to podcasts if you're one of the two people who listens on spotify um <laughs> one of the like five ish people yeah hmm. <clears throat> we appreciate it Feel free to yeah tweet at us or uh, send us an email. We haven't gotten any emails, and we're, we're getting kind of low. We're okay with here. that. What's yeah, that? Yeah, well, everybody is this time of yeah. I mean, history. what is there to talk about? Like every day is kind of the same. Hey, you guys suck. It's like, all right, fight me, <laughs> but don't. We like you guys. <laughs> so yeah, thank all you, of, all three of you. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, thank you for listening. We'll be back next week with more of this sort of shenanigans. Bye. 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 <laughs> <laughs>